This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. And welcome to it. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Thank you guys so much for being here. Um, as usual, if you want to get in touch, it's contact at yourtechreport.com. That's our email address, of course, Mitchell, and on all social yes, media. I know that. Yeah. It is at Your Tech Report. Oh my God. I don't know about you, um, but I, I've, I've, you know, this lockdown and all the crap we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a couple of things. I've noticed that. Tell me. Thank God it's happening this time of year where it's getting nicer outside. And we can at least, I don't know about you, but I can, you know, walk outside and get some fresh air and at least have some sanity and at least have some time to, to have some thoughts to myself. You know, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I mean, I told you, listen, I told you, can I jump in or we were going to no, no, go into something else? So, I, I mean, to me, there was the issues were twofold. Obviously, you know, the the disease itself, and you know, people, you know, dying, and all all the stuff that's a reality that's yeah. become a new reality every day. Um, part of it is, you know, part of the quarantine. What what makes people mentally so off their game is, you know, not just that they have this time off, which some people enjoy, but that they are forced to be off. People are losing jobs. We get all that stuff. Uh, the other part of it is the weather has been so bad. At least where I am over the last month, yeah. whether whether it's been rain, cold. So not only are you forced to stay in, you're dealing with all the, the horrible things that we're hearing on the news, but you're also the weather is terrible. There's so many things we're coming together, Mark, to make this so upsetting and to make people so upset. Now we're starting to see improvements. OK, yeah. we're starting to see the weather getting better. So things are starting to brighten up. So everyone out there, first of all, obviously, we hope you're healthy. Uh, safe, that you're maintaining social distancing, uh, keeping everyone, not just yourself safe, but everyone else safe. Uh, and again, once again, Mark, we are here to be that distraction, to be that. And listen, other companies are distracting too. We have Apple releasing, you know, making, talking about all these new products in the background, not having their keynotes. All of a sudden, you wake up wherever you live and, oh, Apple's released a new product. Oh, oh yeah, talk about. Awesome. It's so cool. So, I was so at, a, at, a, at a press event yeah. yesterday on yeah. a phone. Like I had a, <laughs> the LG sent me the new, the new V60, um, which right. is their new flagship with the which dual looks screen really accessory. nice, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I mean, and they're sending us stuff, which is great, which is cool. And, uh, you know, they're keeping the product flowing. So we're sharing that with you. And I was going to say, you know, you know, focusing on on tech and some of the toys that you can do in your house. Like we got a new dishwasher finally. And I was able to install you got that a fancy myself. Dishwasher. I got yeah. a nice dishwasher. You know, if you're going to, you yeah. know, I've bought the $300 dishwashers in the past, but this this time we sprung for the you Bosch. You pay for. Yep. Um, 100%. So hopefully this one will last us more than, you know, four years. But um, it's fun to kind of do the, the, the home stuff while trying to get your work done. If you are working from home, if you're if you're not working, then hopefully you're taking your attention on other things and focusing on other things. But I find tech is kind of fun. I've been playing with my home network. I've been upgrading the heck out of that um, because I'm doing more work from home. I'm, I'm staring at my basement going, mm, maybe I'll just have to move my office here in the, you know, in the end because, <laughs> you know, who knows what's going to happen out there. But it's it's cool to have that distraction. And, yeah, to wake up to new products, but to see things just – just there, you know, no pompous yeah. circumstance, yeah. no big event. Well, this is something a new tour to buy, yeah. Well, yeah, and like I got an email the other day that I forwarded you, the, the DJI teasing their next, we think, the next Mavic oh, Air dude. drone. I yep. mean, perfect. You know, drone regulations don't fly around people. Well, guess what? There's nobody out there, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So technically, you're legal flying anywhere. Make sure you get your permit and obviously check your local laws. But uh, of yeah, course. lots of cool stuff coming up. You know, you mentioned something that I had to ask you about because it's incredibly geeky and incredibly ridiculous. So, of course, it's only appropriate that I ask you. Um, you know, we talk about home networking a lot. You yeah. know, we've had folks on the show from Linksys. We have a lot of friends in the industry that, you know, where home networking is their specialty. It's become something that is important to the everyday user where it used to not be a big deal. But now having bandwidth is so important because nearly everything in our lives these days is driven by a smart device, which, of course, in turn is driven by the internet. So having a great internet connection is a huge thing. Are you like me where just 
randomly you'll be sitting doing something completely unrelated watching something on tv playing a game sitting with your family and all of a sudden i'll just pull up speed test any given moment on my phone (laughs) and just see what is my speed and then if it's really fast like i'm hoping it is and you know because there are different slow spots and hot spots in the house i'll just smile and go i'm downloading 600 you know 600 megabit Um, download right now wireless not only that but that that exact task that you described there has cost me um, Relationships? No, no, three, three, four hundred, <laughs> five, almost a thousand dollars in the past two weeks. Oh, let me. See. Oh, somebody went to ubiquity hunting, didn't they? Somebody, you somebody did. Uh, you know, I was. I'm a ubiquity fan. Yeah. Um, they make great kind of commercial grade routers and networking tools, and but pretty looking a, stuff too. But at a consumer kind of price point, and yeah. you and I have been experimenting with lots of different things from them, and I've had the Alien router, which is a great. A great kind of home, really simple setup router with Wi-Fi 6, which is makes it really fast on our iPhones. But right. at the end of the day, it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do on the rest of my network. And okay. when I am working from home, I have business tools here at my disposal, the audio codecs and stuff like that that I'm using. Right. And I found that my network itself was just congested. It was just not enough communication and a lot of latency with within my own network itself like take the internet I got gotcha. so um and i realized so my 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 router itself was a thing called a unify usg it's a small little unify uh security gateway it's a firewall but it it limits your throughput depending on what features you have installed so i said you know what okay i've got a pretty big network got a lot of stuff in my house let me upgrade to the to the unify pro so i got the usg pro which is a nice bigger rack mount thing that i put it in and that's great it's helped thing then i realized in the basement where i'm running a lot of my stuff i have one cable going downstairs literally along the floor to my basement right now because i didn't want to drill holes and i was okay. running a small little d-link for 79 dollars router i'm like oh maybe i should get a ubiquity router for here so i got a ubiquity router for here so everything <laughs> is controlled ending, and everything's right? nice and talking but i'm never happy enough i'm never happy enough with with the way it performs and the speed so uh it did cost me money and it's going to cost me more because i think i might have to upgrade <laughs> i might have to upgrade to 10 gigabit networking within my home oh my because gosh. well here's the thing if i get new gigabit service I have gigabit service now, but they're going to be offering in about two weeks, 1.5 gigabits down and one gigabit up. That's a oh lot of bandwidth. Gosh. Like right now I have one down and I have 50 up. So I'm, that's I'm, what I have. Exactly. Yeah. So imagine 1.5 down and one up. Well, uh, uh, routers that are only capable of a gigabit aren't going to cut it anymore. So I no. need to have a 10 gigabit router. So I'm going to have to have a 10 gigabit router, which means I'm going to have to run either Cat7 cable or do what I've started doing, which is upgrade to fiber optic cables. Um. Okay. See now, this is we we've entered we've entered the hardcore geek zone right now. Right now, people are sitting there. Well, I was saying their cars most likely at home, of course, uh, with their mouths open, saying, "Why are these yahoos getting such joy talking about their internet?" But it really is. You're, you're, we're in the rabbit hole right now. We're going down the rabbit hole because it is a never-ending process. And as you just pointed out, Mark, and for anyone that is looking to upgrade their home network and their networking capabilities, it is the, the domino effect really does kick in because once you change that one piece of equipment like you said and that's just going to a higher speed capacity now you have to have equipment that can use that bandwidth that can keep up with that capacity and that means sometimes changing out your cables because cat5 is not meant to go beyond a certain a certain speed at least not over a certain distance of cable so it really is this it really is this domino effect coming in mark changes one product he's like and i can see you just routing stuff in your oh, walls it's, 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 using the fisher no but i haven't done stuff in my walls yet <laughs> okay, well, I'll get off this rant in a second, I promise. But but the problem <laughs> is, is that when I had stuff installed in my house, we had this okay. big built-in unit, okay? And it came with the house, and we didn't remove it yet. And, and But when wa- you say big built-in unit, what do you mean? A big built-in wall unit in this room, in the den that okay, we had. Gotcha. Where, okay, gotcha. And that, yeah, everything yeah. was coming in behind the built-in Entertainment unit. Entertainment center, yeah. And yeah. it had a corner piece, and the corner piece, let a lot. there was a lot of room behind it for stuff to hang. Okay. We got rid of this whole unit, and we put in these IKEA Billy cabinets, which are very shallow depth. Okay, the billies. Okay, they're probably yeah. about eleven inches deep. Oh, 
That's limiting. Maybe okay, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe more. Maybe more. Maybe they're maybe they're yeah. like fifteen. I couldn't put my board games on there. So that's no, exactly. You can maybe yeah. just fit a board game in it. So yeah. imagine now trying to put all your networking equipment in this rock mount yeah. stuff. So it's I'm limited by space. I had to cut a hole in it and put a fan in it. It's it's a rabbit hole. But um, I hope to get all this things all all this stuff settled. Maybe I'll drill one hole down. And it'll solve things. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it. Guys, thanks for being here. we got a great show lined up. We are going to be speaking to the Grill Master over at Weber Barbecues. Um, they make some really cool stuff. Plus, we're going to be talking to Crucial Memory all about what you want to pick for your next PC build. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Let's take a quick break and come back. And let's dive into that, that new iPhone that Apple announced. Because this might be, Mitchell, the best value I've ever seen in a product from Apple. Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. We are back on your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Aflalo at your tech report online absolutely everywhere. Please join us and thank you for being here. Uh, Mitchell Whitfield. Yes, Mark Aflalo. I woke up earlier this week and suddenly there it was. Apple's (laughs) iPhone SE second generation. Oh, my God. (laughs) What what happened there? No, no announcement. Nothing. Um. Man, okay, so let me just go into some details here. Yeah, uh, starting at three ninety nine, three ninety nine US. Starting at three ninety nine US. Pre order yeah. available yesterday. Yes, sir. Basically, the look and feel of the iPhone eight in terms of size, screen size, dimensions. Yep. Um, yet, with all the innards of the iPhone eleven. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, let's just let's just put this in perspective right now, okay? Imagine the iPhone 8, as you just said, right? The iPhone 8, which which I believe in certain configurations started, what, $9.99 back yeah. in the day? Yeah. Okay, $9.99. Uh, except, better than an iPhone 8, you are getting the A13 Bionic chip. The same chip that's in the iPhone 11, okay? You're getting that same chip, the same innards, same performance. You're getting Touch ID. Yeah, wireless charging, water and dust resistance, stereo recording. Portrait yeah. mode. I mean, you can you can you can drop this thing in the pool and you're okay. And the difference is, it's just six hundred dollars less than the iPhone eight was back in the day. And the camera is not what you have on the iPhone eleven. I mean, if you listen, this is the only. If you are a an avid photographer and you are using your phone as your one and only shooter, okay? Yeah. Then obviously you're going to be looking at you know the 11 or the 11 Pro line of phones. That's that's a given. But if a if having three lenses or even two lenses is not an important thing to you, and having one really good lens that by the way still does portrait mode, okay, still does 4K video, okay. If 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 you do not need the extra lenses, this is the best value hands down that Apple has ever offered to its consumers to have a phone like this, that it's going to be the perfect phone for so many people, not just in this country or in your country, my country, all over the world at three ninety nine with 64 gigs. And then atypically in very untypical Apple fashion, they didn't, they didn't boost the price up ridiculously for the extra Ram. So even maxed out at two fifty six, I believe we're only talking five forty nine. Even yeah. maxed out at 256 gigabytes of memory. This is, I, I don't know what to say, Mark. I know you're looking at me like, what's the catch? Apple rarely does this. Normally, what you get, you pay for. You are getting so much more than you should at this price point. Isn't it ridiculous? It, In a good it's, way, ridiculous. You know what? I, ridiculous. I, I, was, um, I was hosting a show this week, another show, uh, filling in for somebody. How dare and you? And we were talking about just how strange it is, how out of character it is, for getting such a bang for your buck with an Apple product. Yeah. Like we always feel happen. like we're being not ripped off, but paying for that that higher quality build. We're paying for, you know, those refined features and it just it's uh it's amazing and I think that this is going to give them such a stranglehold on the market. It's going to re- I mean, this is a flag this is flagship phone specs. Absolutely. Absolutely I mean, it, it, flagship listen. phone specs for for uh, under $500. I mean, it's insane. It's and listen, and it goes down, you know, you're still getting a 326 pixels per inch, okay? You're still getting true tone display. You're still getting haptic touch, uh, 625 nits brightness, you know, the fingerprint resistant coding, display zoom, all, all the things that, you know, the typical things that you want. And I'm looking at the camera specs, sapphire crystal lens cover. They didn't cheap out on anything here. Normally, it's like, well, you're getting like technology in this in this respect for this particular part of the phone. We pulled something out of the bin from 2014. No, no, 
No, no, no, no. They're pulling stuff out of the new bin. And the fact is, the biggest deal about this, Mark, like I said, is that you are getting that A13 Bionic chip. You are getting the same processor that the modern iPhones have in a package. And by the way, Mark, we didn't even talk about it. The 4.7-inch display, it's a smaller form factor in terms of display and pocketability. But a lot of people still want that. Yeah. A lot of people don't care about having a giant screen in their pocket. They have iPads for that. So this is going to be the perfect phone for a lot of people, don't you think? Yeah, and it's it's so funny. You know what, what, what blows my mind a bit is that... You know, here we are two weeks earlier or a month earlier looking at the new iPad Pro for 2020 and um, (laughs) looking at how all that's changed really is the camera system. I mean, across the board and enabling one extra GPU, yet the amount of money they wanted for that device when it was such a marginal upgrade. And then and then here I am earlier this week looking at this great phone and I'm paying five hundred dollars Canadian for a keyboard accessory for my iPad. Like, I can have a phone. <laughs> I can have a fully functional phone for the price I'm paying for just a keyboard accessory. So it yeah. really it does blow my mind, and I can see this being so successful overseas in, in smaller countries that, you know, don't have access to the iPhone, suddenly now having access to this lower-cost iPhone, people who don't want to spend it for their kids, for for my mother-in-law, for, oh my God, it's and everybody. And not that long ago, Mark, we were saying, and we were actually saying that the real bargain in the lineup in terms of phones was the iPhone 11 starting at 699 which for what you get is a good price. But now we're taking everything from that phone except the display size and the cameras, and we're putting that into the SE, smaller form factor, and it's still $300 less than another product that we thought was a good bargain, was a good deal. That's crazy. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to get my hands on one just to kind of check it out and really put it in its paces compared to the actual iPhone 11, which I think that I will do. Um, which is something that's pretty cool. Mitchell, we still got a great show lined up for you guys. I know. Obviously, lots of cool stuff coming up. We're going to be talking to Crucial all about memory and your PC builds or maybe updating your laptop or something. Even tablets these days, some of them are upgradable. Uh, But we're going to speak to Weber first, all about grilling. Really cool technology coming out for your grill, so stay tuned. It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Online, absolutely everywhere, we are at your tech report. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to speak to Weber and, of course, Crucial. Guys, don't go anywhere. I promise. We're coming Where back. Are going? I, Where promise. Are going? I promise. I promise. No, don't go anywhere. Don't leave. You, you come back here. Come back. Your tech report will be right back. Welcome back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Mark Flalo. Thank you guys for being here. Please follow along on all our social media. It is at your tech report. Mitchell, I am. Uh, I am. You. As much as I despise being at home all this time, I am enjoying the fact that the weather is getting more and more beautiful, which is inclining me to do more and more outside. And thankfully, we can actually do that this time of the year. Yeah. And you know what? You just you took the words right out of my mouth because I, I was going to say what we're going through as a as a planet right now. Um, obviously, there's a lot of bad and we're, we're all hearing about a lot of bad things and how long this could go on for. But you know what, Mark? There are good things that are coming out of this. There are still good things. One of the good things is I'm spending more time with my family. I know that sounds ridiculous. You know, we're all cooped up, but it is nice. I feel like we're having more meals together. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now, too, because everyone's at home. Everyone's eating together more often than we probably do. No one's going out to eat. We're all eating at home. And one way that we love enjoying family time and eating at home, of course, is barbecuing. Okay, we love we love grilling. Uh, we've Mark and I tell you we talk about this all the time. And I, I'd like to I'd like to fancy myself. I'm not really a grill master, but Mark, we actually have someone with us that has grill master as part of their title. How cool is that? Because I would actually that, love that title, but I, I have to hand it off because I'm not that good. So, so Michael Peak Live, welcome to your check report. You, <laughs> you you are the the grill master, the Weber grill master. And how on earth Ooh. do you get a title like that? My gosh, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and you go to work and you, you, you think you've got a great job, but then you get an introduction like that and you realize <laughs> you, you're, you're further reminded that, my God, that is a great, great job to have. And, and I, it's true. I never imagined. And guys, thanks for having me on today, Mark Mitchell. Uh, I'll tell you, this is the season to be grilling. Um, and I never imagined that over 20, 20 years ago when I became a chef that I actually wind up getting to grill every day. And I got to understand that in culinary school, the um, lessons in grilling are kind of brief. You know, a lot of <laughs> you know grills in restaurants are really just uh, a hot grate that you kind of mark your food on and then you kind of finish it maybe in an oven. Um, 
with a backyard grill, it's so much different. There's so much going on with that lid. You're able to trap in flavors and aromas and get them on your food uh, as opposed to just watch them fly out of a hood system. Um, so, yeah, grill master grilling every day is what I get to do, and, um, and I don't take it for granted. What, what, how, did you, how did you get to this point in, in your life, Michael? I'm curious what the road was towards. Obviously, you, you, you were in culinary school, but how, how did you get to Weber? And, and I guess what was that turning point when you realized that you're having so much fun doing what you're doing? My gosh, so you, you want to know the sordid tale, the rise and fall, and then rise I'm looking for all the, the dirt, <laughs> Michael, all the dirt. <laughs> cutthroat world of cuisine, it's been a journey. And uh, in that journey... I mean, it started working in restaurants and accumulating hours, uh, you know, working underneath great chefs. And then it was uh, branching off and, you know, starting your own business. And then a couple strokes of good luck with a couple cooking shows. And then all of a sudden you meet a man named Tony and he shows you this idea of bringing an indoor grilling school to Canada called uh, a Grill Academy. And so I was brought on board over six years ago uh, with Weber to build up a program in Canada called the Grill Academy. And so with Tony, myself, we did this. And now we have, you know, year-round grilling facility where people come to us in beautiful Vaughan, Ontario, Canada, and we, we get the grill game going uh, night times during the week. Uh, and it's amazing. Backyard heroes like both of you come visit me, and we coax out the grill master that's, that's deep inside your, all right? You know, so people listening to our show are going, okay, um, you're, you're talking to a grill master. I like this. The season's getting nice. The barbecues are, are going to be coming out soon if you live in Canada, of course. Mitchell's in California, by the way, so he doesn't really have to ever I put it away. all year round. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's not, you know, some people barbecue through the winter, but people are going, well, okay, this is still a tech show. How on earth, where's the connection here? Where's the connection between cooking my right. food and, and, and technology? And, and there's a reason obviously that we're talking other than, you know what, we could be talking barbecues. And I think there's somehow there's a relation there. Guys like tech guys like barbecues. Okay. We get it. But, but there is a, a technological aspect of innovation that goes into the creation of these barbecues, these smokers, let alone the fact that there are devices that Weber now creates that make that experience much better. Correct. A hundred percent. And quite nice to be speaking with somebody over there in California. Uh, the weather is nice <laughs> over there. Uh, oh, that yeah. doesn't stop, does not stop us in the great white north of pulling those grills out year round and getting uh, that first pathway shovel to the grill. And now <laughs> I've gone on one of those classic tangents where I got to bring myself back and talk, yes, tech and where it meets grilling. And with that, yeah, how about when we go and innovate a grill? It's not just haphazard how that design comes together. There is a ton of technology uh, behind the scenes, you know, especially even those grills, the first gas grill we put out in 1985, the first Genesis, there may not have been much more on the surface of the knobs and some, some valves and some burners, but deep inside all that, I mean, there's technology crafting that, uh, determining airflow within the cook box and how is that going to affect food. And, and so now here we are 2020 and we do, on the outside, I have a ton of tech, which is, you know, Weber Connect, which is like a brain um, that speaks, you know, to your phone or tablet, helping take any guesswork out of your grill game. I mean, years ago, we had iGrill. Now we have Weber Connect. And, and now we've even integrated into models of our grills, like Smokefire has Weber Connect. Where Genesis 2 has uh, integration with our iGrill. And all of these, you know, again, is to take all the guesswork out of the grill game. Food prices are expensive. Every time somebody goes to the grill, they should have optimum results at the grill. And Weber, we want to be there, you know? Well, you know what? I, I actually, I'm the proud owner of a Spirit E310 gas grill. Uh, and I don't like Beautiful to name grill. drop, but I, I love my grill. I take great care of well, it. And it's it's so funny because we talk about, we love talking about, you know, companies that we use every day, that we enjoy, that we respect. And I was so excited to get my Weber grill, not just because of how well made they are and the beautiful design. And you're right, technology is more than just about uh, digits and, and gadgetry. It, it's about design and build. And I was so impressed by the the build quality, but be even more impressed 
the, you know, forgetting the build quality, how gorgeous it is, how well it works, was the level of support and interaction, which also feeds into technology because we use our phones as a way of being connected to the world. And the second I signed up and registered my grill, and I'm telling everyone right now that's listening, I'm sure Michael will tell you that Mark's telling you it's the same exact thing. When you get your Weber grill, make sure you register because that opens up a portal to get the information. New recipes are sent to my phone all the time. It's something I didn't really expect, but I think it's really something that Weber really cares about the overall experience, not just the point of purchase, but moving forward to make sure you're having a great experience with that Weber grill, correct? Amen, brother. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was a long, it was a long, yeah. long question slash introduction to really telling that you Ooh. guys are in it for the long haul. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, you could, my gosh, you couldn't have put it better because I, I do work for a company where we pride ourselves on innovation. We pride ourselves on performance. But, man, the third pillar, if it's it's a customer service, it's the whole, like, join the family, buy the grill. It talks we, – we say it a lot, but we really want people to understand when you buy that grill, you need to get home, you need to register, you need to call us, you need to get in the system because from that point on, well, now it's just – we're it's just family. Point. <laughs> hey, oh, we're now just starting something, uh, which is like you say those recipes, and then should you ever you know need something, you call, you're in the system, and it takes moments to get things you know clarified. I got to tell you, my first day, like actually working for Weber, I spent a lot of that day really just with headphones on, listening to you know customer service. It's, they want you to understand the full scope of the company, and so I got to a good understanding just of what kind of questions people ask when they are calling, you know? So yeah, tangent. <laughs> okay, okay. So Michael, you know, uh, there's nothing like, especially when you, when you live in a country like Canada or a snowy area, there's nothing like that time of year when you walk outside and you smell that first grill lighting up. And that's when you realize that it's time for you. If you haven't used it all winter to, to crack that open. And, um, I've, I've been in some situations and near some situations where people did that with not too much attention and <laughs> that ended up with a couple fire trucks at their house and a new grill. Um, what are some of the things that people need to be paying attention to when they are opening their grill for the first time after, you know, a cold winter or, you know, seasonal usage? Yeah. Yeah. Good, good question. Uh, for those that do pack away their grill for the season. And I got to say in my neighborhood, what I've been seeing for the last two weeks, easy two weeks, I've been seeing white smoke signals coming up from the backyards <laughs> and the white smoke, the white smoke's good smoke. That means that, you know, people are, are having good grilling going on. If that were black smoke coming up, well, there'd be, there'd be some burning going on. But, um, I, I what I often see, you know, the do's and the don'ts, maybe, it's not so much like if a person cleans their grill and puts it away for the season and they're now pulling it out from there, it's really just a, a quick little inspection to make sure maybe nothing's created a home in your grill for the season that it wasn't in use. Um, but if you put it away clean, it's going to probably perform just great up and running from there though. Uh, let's say you put it away dirty. Uh, I'm going to recommend you clean it. And then, uh, from there, let's talk about people's do's and don'ts when it comes to the actual grilling game. How about keeping a lid down when you are grilling? I see a lot of people keep that lid up, allowing so much heat to escape. And again, what you're then doing is creating that restaurant-style grilling where you're just marking your food. And you're not really utilizing it to cook it you know, on the inside. So I always say it, looking isn't cooking. Trust your timer. Trust your thermometer. you got to have a thermometer if you, under, if you want to know what's going on at the heart of the matter, in the thickest point of whatever it is. Have you ever got Mark Mitchell, have you ever cooked a chicken where it looks beautiful, mahogany on the outside, but deep in its core? You don't really know. You don't really know. And that ha listen, that happens in the kitchen as well. And it ha I think people assume, well, the barbecue, I just know I keep it in for this amount of time. But again, with weight variances and all that stuff, you, you need to know. You really need to know what's going on in there. Yeah. And so I find thermometer is just, it takes a ton of guesswork out. And I, what we always teach in, in our class, we always ask questions. Who has a thermometer? Almost every arm flies up into the sky. But then, you know, you'll ask a question, not to put anybody on the spot, but you ask a question like, what's a, what is the temperature of a medium or steak, Fahrenheit or Celsius? What is it? And you ask a question, and then the hands are as, as flying. And then you ask something like properly cooked chicken, and that usually becomes a scary moment because everybody should know what that, te that temperature is. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, some people will say, well, when the juice is run clear, Michael, that's when I know it's done. <laughs> uh, but, 
<laughs> but I mean, there's a, a lot of room for error in that kind of stuff. Well, Just like we don't touch, we don't touch steaks anymore to determine whether they're rare to medium rare to well. You know, that's what they used to do years ago. But now we just use thermometers and know your doneses. Okay, so this is this is really where Weber Connect kind of comes in to fill that gap for people who really aren't necessarily sure, people who want to be sure. I mean, it's a combination of, of a digital thermometer that really works in conjunction with this app. Can you explain how that works and how that teaches people? Boom. Yes, it's a perfect uh, way of explaining it. So with Weber Connect, um, it is a probe, and you would then probe your food. From there, you're going to open up the app, and you're going to be working with the app to – uh, well, it'll prompt you. What are you cooking? What protein is it? What cut is the protein? So now, you know, you've gone, say, from um, beef to what particular cut. Maybe it's a New York strip. Then it's going to have videos flying throughout this, you know, quick little, like, this is where you want to probe your steak. Then now we're going to take it to the grill. You want to properly preheat your grill to this temperature. It's going to show you a video. It's going to tell you, de- determining, you know, whatever the weight is of your steak, just how many minutes it's going to take per side. And now where iGrill used to kind of assist you, you're now kind of assisting Weber Connect. You're the arms and legs, and it's kind of telling you what to do. And um, there's learning from that. So, yeah, Weber Connect, that's what it's kind of doing, taking guesswork out of the gear yeah. game. You know what I want to do real quick, because I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly, not just surprised, but intrigued by this, because I want to take away from the digital part and go back to the to the grills themselves, because I'm actually, as we're talking, I'm at Weber.com. I, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm actually, I've made two steaks while we've talked. They've been very rare, but I've made two of them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I encourage people to go to Weber.com, because again, until you see the full lineup, you don't really get a sense of the breadth of your product line. And again, you, you guys still make killer charcoal grills. You guys are in the pellet grill game now, but I'm looking now at the Spirit Series because I, I think, you know, that's the most, you know, it's a great entry point for gas grills, very accessible, yep. still you get the great Weber quality and you get a good entry point. I'm looking at products that used to live in the background. We talk about, Mark and I talk about this a lot, Michael. We talk about products like routers that used to live under your desk that now have become the centerpiece. Grills used to be a utilitarian thing that you cooked with, but now they're also kind of pretty to look at. I'm looking at the Spirit 2 line. They come in different colors. They look great. So design, the design ethic has has sort of grown up and advanced just like the technology, hasn't it? Yeah. um, I wonder if we can blame those those millennials. Oh, those <laughs> millennials. Oh, they love their colors. No. But, uh, I'm just jealous that I'm not a millennial. Um, but I'm, you know, we definitely over the years saw that color. I mean, we were doing that years ago with, with Genesis providing, you right, know, copper right. tops and uh, green and blue. And, and then, you know, companies, let's, let's call them out. Let's call out like companies like KitchenAid or um, Sharpie, uh, you know, colors, attract attention and so right. we we have fun with that we play around with that i think one of the grill lines that we have that, that really played around with that was the q series um a portable grill really really performs uh whether it be in your backyard or on the road but it came in a plethora of colors at one point purple fuchsia well, i have to <laughs> orange to celebrate my cleveland browns you know it's oh, uh, you poor poor man yeah I know, I know. Uh, that's another a whole day. other issue for another show. But yeah, go ahead. I'm another sorry. Day. Another day. Another day. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is just going the wrong direction, gentlemen. This is just so going it's the going wrong the right direction. direction. <laughs> hey, listen, out. football, grilling, they all go together, right? It's part of a tailgate <laughs> life. I get it. Thank you. Yeah. So in the fall, we can have that conversation too. Um, <laughs> uh, when I'm totally in misery. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay. So. With that, I, I mean, I am grilling a lot these days. You were talking about it off the top with um, everybody's at home. Everybody's, you know, either running to their backyard for a few moments of peace and quiet, right. or they're running to the backyard with their families. And um, and then with that, I've been grilling a lot, and we've been doing live videos from my backyard because I, I'm used to teaching. I'm used to being in the Grill Academy. Uh, we teach, you know, five nights a week. And now I'm doing this in my backyard around dinner time, and I'm doing it with people calling in and we're using platforms like Instagram and Facebook and trying to keep the connection going because we may be self-isolating, but we still need to interact, you know, and be together socially, virtually. So uh, that's what I'm doing. 
you know what? I think I think this is going to be something that we're going to have to do with you uh, uh, m- multiple times a year because I could see this as being, you know, not only does it let people know your product line, we get to talk to you and learn, but we get to learn more about about the grilling game, how it works in general, even like simple little tips like you like you were talking about. For example, you know, the importance <laughs> is going to sound naughty, the importance of cleaning your pan and probing your meat. Now, again, again, this sounds like a totally different show, but these are things that people need to know. Um, uh, yeah. cleaning the grill before, I mean, cleaning the grill before and after simple things like every time I barbecue and I have to tell my wife I need like another two minutes after the food is done, I close the grill up, I let it get the top temperature, and then I do the cleaning of the grates. And they come out looking great before and after. It's something let's see, it's almost like prepping the grill when you're finished as opposed to having to prep it before you start grilling the next day. Because a lot of times people want to get out to their backyard and start cooking and if they haven't prepped the grill properly when they finished last time, it's going to have to either it's going to have to be heated up and cleaned beforehand. So all these little tips and tricks that I I, I love that you can pass on to a generation of grillers that don't understand. You know, the three of us, Mark, Mitchell, Mike, the three M's coming together, <laughs> doing the 10, doing the 10 commandments of grilling. Uh, we, yeah, we could do that. So, but there are, there's so many nuggets. We never, ever, ever want to encourage anybody to throw away their current playbook when it comes to grilling. We're just here to add tips and tricks to your arsenal. And, uh, and that's what we do worldwide. Weber is known throughout as being sort of the, we want to be in the backyard with you, with the experience. We'll let the other companies battle it out over the BTUs um, while we <laughs> have fun. All right. Well, Michael, you know what? I, I think that we could probably spend another two hours with you, but we'll save that for the fall because we're going to have yeah, to right. talk about closing up our grills. But for now, I'm going to okay. look outside and look for that uh, papal conclave, that white smoke that you talk about. And, uh, <laughs> and I know that it's not a new pope. It's actually grills firing up just like mine. And I want yeah. to thank you for thank you for taking the time to, to call us and, and, and to come on because we uh, we love grilling and we love chatting with you. And we hope to have you on again. Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. Thank you guys for being here. If you want to connect with us, it is at Your Tech Report online absolutely everywhere, Mitchell. Um, yeah. So, Mitchell, you know, I'm stuck at home yes. like everybody else is. And I've yes, been, uh, you are. Uh, one of the things I brought home with me was this PC that I, I started to build in the office, and I figured, you that's know what? That's a great project during these times. Well, that's, that's exactly what I figured. Thing, yeah. I have some downtime, and uh, and then I realized, wait a second, I'm, I'm missing some components, and uh, the components I'm missing are uh, obviously my, my memory, uh, my hard drive. So I figured, uh, where on earth am I going to go get that stuff? And instantly, of course, my thought was crucial, right? Absolutely. And it's one, you know, Crucial is one of these brands that, you know, we love talking about because it's a brand that we actually use all the time. And when people come to me and say, oh, you know, I'm building a PC or a lot of times also more people are upgrading their PC. I always tell them the first thing to do is go, you know, look at your RAM. Do you have enough RAM? And of course, look at Crucial because not only do they have a great selection of great stuff, but also, you know, every, anything from the beginner entry level to pro gaming stuff. And the prices are really reasonable considering how great it is. So, yeah, good choice. Well, you see, and rather than being proactive and doing all the research myself, I figured <laughs> let's reach out to somebody who actually knows you what they're talking man. about, right? Yeah, so yeah. on the line with us is uh, Ben uh, Elzakar, who is a social and community expert over at Micron, which is a parent company at Crucial. Ben, uh, welcome to your tech report. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. I appreciate finding some time to fit me in. So. Hey, Ben, I have a quick question for you because, and I know this holds true for Mark and myself, obviously we have a tech show, so we're somewhat tech savvy, but the problem is people are coming to us all the time off of our radio hours. We get calls from family and friends. What should we do? What should we get? What do you think is the best blank, blank, blank? Do you get that a lot, especially being in your position, working for a great company like Crucial West? And, you know, we're talking about, of course, RAM, but you guys do uh, storage as well. Do you have people calling Mm -hmm. you all the time, asking your opinion? What should I do? How can I upgrade what is the best ram to use do you get that all the time like we do yeah i mean it's it's really cool because crucial.com you know makes that pretty simple we, we have several ways if you happen to know what computer make a model be in an imac or particular H, hp you can search that model number on the website or we have a an awesome little what we call system scanner it's just a little executable you download run that puppy and it basically shows you what model system you have what memory options you have what stored options you have to upgrade with so Makes it very easy, and so a lot of people try to overcomplicate the problem, but really it's just as simple as that. Um, and you know, you can find what you can upgrade with that a few clicks away. 
Here's a question for you, which is, uh, you know, people ask me a lot, and, and, you know, I think I know the answer, but, you know, why not go to the experts, right? Which is the the importance of of RAM, I, I think, has been downgraded a little bit because of solid-state storage. Because when we had mm-hmm. spinning hard drives, you know, there was always a point of failure there, and there was, you know, that, that speed limitation. But with SSDs in the market, how important is the balance between having more memory versus, you know, enough solid-state storage? Well, I mean, they're both very important, and you can't really downplay either. Um, I, I mean, if I were to put one of the top of the list, I would definitely say memory because you can have the fastest SSD in the world, but if your system is running out of actual memory that it has, let's say you only have four gigs of memory, I mean, I don't care what SSD you have, your system is going to crawl, and it's going to be a horrible experience. So assuming you have enough memory, um, the SSD is really, I mean, it's, it's the next simplest upgrade you can do on any computer. It's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, I mean, really, when people move to an SSD from a traditional hard disk drive, they, they simply can't go back. Um, and they kind of take advantage of that speed. Like, they get used to it after a while, and oh, yeah. they, they, they kind of forget they have an SSD. You throw them on their grandma's, you know, old HP that's been sitting in her office forever with a spinning hard drive, and they're like, what is wrong with your computer just because it crawls and, it, and it's that hard drive. So <laughs> once they get that taste of SSD, they really never want to go back. So they're both equally important. Um, making sure you have enough of, of either is, is really can be understated. You know, back back in the day when I was building computers, I, you know, I would max out the RAM, uh, you know, storage would be, you know, how much space do I actually need? But it was really important to max out the, the, the you know, the RAM so that you obviously get the performance you want. But these days when we're building a PC, really, I think the recommendation seems to be we're back at like the 16 gig range because of the speed of everything else that's combined. Why, why, have, yeah, we, why have we gotten this far? We're kind of, we're, I feel like we're regressing a bit, but we're not in performance. So, yeah, and I mean, it, it really, you know, um, the actual number between 8 and 16, it will vary on what you want to use the system for. The thing is, is, like, 8 gigs is enough for the vast majority of what people want to do. If you're just browsing the Internet and you have some office applications, that's perfectly fine. Um, a lot of it also depends on what your browsing habits are like. If you're like me and have, like, 30 Chrome tabs open at once, that's going to eat away a <laughs> lot of memory. So, you know, it kind of varies up from person to person, um, but generally in that 8 to 16, 16 gig range is more than enough for you know pretty much everyone and i think ben it really comes down to and i think you'll agree with this as well we always ask people when they ask our opinion on really any piece of technology is well what's your use case you know how are you going to be using this what are you going to be doing and and basically do you want to have the option to do more in the future so especially when you see closed ecosystems like apple for example who you know you know years ago started closing off their pcs and you know their you know their Mm -hmm. desktops and their laptops to upgrade so we tell people at the very beginning well more is always better better to have too much you know with to use on your computer than to have not enough. So I always tell people to err on the side of getting a little more than you need because you don't know if you're able to upgrade and if you if you know even if you are, uh, you don't know what your use is going to be in the future. Maybe right. Sure, and that's correct. That's another important thing you need to take into consideration. You know, you are starting to see that more often, especially with a lot of these ultra slim um, B tablets and very very ultra light laptops. Sometimes you can't upgrade the memory in them, so it's maybe worth the extra little effort researching that before you buy and take that into consideration because maybe you do want to buy the ex- you know the the higher memory option when you first purchase that. Thankfully, there's still a lot of systems, laptops, even tablets out there that allow you to upgrade the memory, allow you SSD. So realizing what you're getting into before you buy the system and then keep that in consideration. Because if you do have the option to upgrade down the road, that's great because you can buy a little less memory right now, save some money. If you need more down the road, you can throw a few crucial modules in and it's generally pretty easy to do. Now, if I'm aiming for the, you know, the top of Mount Everest here, okay, and I want to go absolutely nuts, what in your guys' lineup would you recommend, and does it have to be colorful? Oh, boy. Well, um, if you like color, we have lots of options. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, yeah, you can, um, I mean, if we're we're talking about, like, you know, uh, non-server memory formats, I mean, you can put easily 64 gigs of RAM, 120 gigs of RAM, and a lot of desktop boards today. You know, our our Crucial Ballistics Max, which is our kind of top-of-the-line, fastest-performing memory, has got these heavy-duty 
aluminum heat sinks if you want to overclock them you can totally do that i mean you're, you're talking speeds up to 5000 megahertz and you know you could throw 128 gigs on a, a board and we have rgb options of that as well so if you if you like the extra bling in your system you got that so um and you know in our regular crucial ballistics lines you know we could get white red black so really hopefully we kind of have a color and a style and a speed that fits every everyone's needs so no matter what your system looks like you know hopefully find a part that kind of fits your character to put in there you know, it's funny, Ben. I wish you could see Mark and I. Uh, we are we have like ear to ear grins right now. It's funny. You know, we talk about blinging out a system. And another thing that we kind of talk about on our show and our listeners know this is, you know, we, we're always we're always talking about products that we are amazed and happy to see come to the forefront in terms of importance with, uh, you know, aesthetics that in the past it didn't matter. Like, you know, whether it's your your wireless router, things that used to live under your desk, things that people don't see. Eh, we don't care what it looks like. It's just a, a utilitarian thing. But even something like RAM, something that lives inside of your computer, I can tell you every PC that I build has has a glass side to it, at least one, maybe two, maybe three. So I like to see <laughs> the innards of my, I like to see the innards of it. It's just something I've always loved. So seeing something beautiful, seeing that RAM even if you don't go RGB, which I think is a sin, because why not? If you can do it, why not do it? <laughs> Just seeing like, like I, I, when I see that ballistics ram, you guys did such a good job of making that product sexy that you want to show it off, right? I mean, I'm not the only one who likes to show off my innards. I know how that sounds, believe me. Wow. <laughs> well, sure, yeah. I mean, if you're going to spend all that money on it and it's going to look awesome, why not? I mean, show it off. And it's really... You know, I've been around in the PC gaming market since the late 90s, so I got to see that whole transition from the ugly square, you know, cream-colored computer cases to what we have today, um, and it's really been amazing. Because I was, you know, and I'm a PC modder myself, so I like to modify my computers and bling them out. And back then, you know, you couldn't buy a computer with Windows in it. So naturally, that was the first thing I did is I put an acrylic window in it. I went, I went down to Radio Shack and bought some LED lights and connected it all up. You know, that was my thing. And like back then, that was just like, it was just such a niche thing. You know, no one hardly did it. And now it's like, it's a de facto. You have to do it. You need a system that, that has a powder-coated aluminum exterior, or it needs to have lights in it, or you need to have a window. I mean, it's really turned into an, you know, an art form, and it's really taken on a life of its own, and it's, it's been great. I, I love the community behind it. I love everyone that gets creative on their builds and uh, the passion they put into it. It's, just, it's really cool. You want to hear something a little sad and funny at the same time, which describes a lot of my life, Ben? I was able to multitask <laughs> one, one of one of my home built PCs. Okay, uh, that has our our you know RGB RAM. Uh, I actually put behind my television because a lot of people now are, are doing their computing and or gaming inside their living rooms on their on their big screen television because it's easy. You have a lap board. You can sure. do it. I actually put one of my rigs with a little bit of bling behind my television so it acts almost as an LED strip backlighting my television. That's really the height of I don't know if it's laziness multitasking or it's just Mark is shaking his head. But I get a light show and I'm watching television from my build behind the TV. How sad is that? <laughs> I don't think that's sad, sad at all. I think that Thank sounds you. awesome. <laughs> see, see, Mark, you can't judge me anymore. Ben thinks it's awesome. I never judge you, especially when our especially when our guests concur. I, I definitely, I definitely. Uh, but Ben, what's what's next? You know, what's next when we when you, you know talk about things like you know memory and storage? Like, what what do you see five years down the road from now? Like, how does this industry change? You know, it, it it's interesting because I think like five or five to eight years ago, there was that period, um, I guess we call it sad times in PC gaming and PC computer journal, because people thought compute, you know, PC gaming and PC culture was dying. We thought consoles were just going to take over gaming computers. And at that point, it was just going to be your Dell and Sperons and your work computers, and there just really wasn't going to be this fiber market. So obviously, over the last five years, and especially because of esports and everything, pushing that, we've just seen this massive resurgence and just really this whole cultural divide of like tech influencers, DIYers, um, you know, they want to build their own system. They want to understand how it works. So I really hope we see that trend continue in the future and it maybe bleeds off into different technologies. Cause I think if we understand how our technology works, um, whether we want to build it ourselves or we know we, we want to put it into it, I think that's just great as a society when we can do that. So I hope that trend continues, um, whether computers have, you know, terabytes of memory on the end or you have like, you know, 
uh, thousand looms, RGB memory. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I just think it's great that we as a society appreciate technology and want to understand more about it. And I just hope that continues. I totally agree, Ben. And I think, you know, social media channels, especially, you know, specifically, you know, if you look at YouTube and you look at the influencers there, I tend to watch Bitwit a lot or Jay's Two Cents. And, oh, yeah. you know, and, and, I, and I love watching those guys because they really they bring they bring the technology, even though, you know, those those channels are designed more for the enthusiast. They also bring in people that don't really know what it's like. What does it mean to build a PC? The importance of RAM to a system, how to be, you know, and so I, I love seeing channels like this that can bring people in to the hobby as well as the business of computing so so having the access to that as a regular consumer is kind of neat these days too isn't it it's really cool there's just so much information out there i mean when i first started building computer i had to go to a local you know local brick and mortar store and you know online wasn't really that reliable back then so i had to ask some old dude behind a desk questions about hey what what's this amd processor you know compatible with and i had to trust him which was cool at the time but it was still scary and difficult back then. And now, I mean, all this information is just at reach. You have awesome Discord Reddit communities where you can hop on and people would love to help you build your computer, answer your questions. You have PC Part Picker, which takes really a lot of that fear of, are these parts compatible? And it does all that for you. They're pre-built systems. You can just add the parts you want and, you know, so I, I guess a lot of that um, hassle has been removed, and it's very easy now as compared to um, 10, 15 years ago. So, um, and really, just it, people's patience and time is really what limits it. As long as you're willing to sit down, throw some parts together, um, look some things up line, it really isn't that hard to build a computer. And it's just so cool because now you have you know kids asking, "Well, I want to build my computer," and their parents have no idea how to do that, so they go online and they search and. And now they're getting their 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 kids into computers and technology, and I, I just think it's amazing. Well, Ben, you know what? I encourage our listeners to head on over to Crucial.com. As you said, you know, you've got that computer scanner, which you can kind of download to see what's compatible with your computer, or if you want to build something, lots of information and lots of resources there. Ben, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We're going to have to cut, you know, touch base in a couple months and in a couple years and and see if, uh, you know, how much memory we're actually dealing with in, in five years from now and see if our predictions ring true. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that Moore's Law keeps applying. <laughs> yeah, you guys are always free to reach out to me. Pleasure talking and uh, had a great time. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. That's uh, Ben Elzakar from a Crucial Social and Community Expert over at uh, Micron, which is the parent company. Lots of cool stuff, Mitchell. I love I love building my computers like that, which is kind of cool. So uh, Crucial Memory. Uh, I'm still smiling. I, I, I could talk about this. And Ben was great. That was awesome. He was great. Guys, uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for obviously tuning in. This has been your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. Thank you, obviously, to uh, everybody who's on the show, our, our cooking expert over to Weber, and, of course, Ben L. Zakar from Crucial. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for being here. Be, be back next week. And if you want to follow we us, be back? Uh, it will be back. I promise we'll be back. Uh, it is uh, your tech report. He's Mitchell Whitfield. I'm Marco Flatlu. And uh, bye-bye. 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 You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.